Hey, this is Louis Oza from Hunters on Amazon Prime. I'm here talking to Elias on the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, Blue. You're A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more. From deep inside the Man Cave, your host, Elias. Louis, welcome to the cave. Hey, hey, thanks for having me. How are you, man? What's new with you? I'm pretty good. Just uh, hanging out in the vestibule of a, a warm entrance at Chelsea Market because it's freezing in New York right now. <laughs> well, I don't, I'm, <laughs> I'm in Massachusetts, so I know all about it. It's cold. Oh, here, there you go. <laughs> I live in L.A. now, so I've gotten a bit soft. <laughs> so, yeah, you've been busy the last few years. You've done uh, various TV shows and film appearances, you know, like Bosch, Kidding, Supergirl. You've done, mm-hmm. done a few movies, The Born Legacy, Predators, and, uh, and now you start Amazon Prime's video hunters which we'll talk about that but i want the listeners to get to know a little bit more about you where are you originally from born and raised in new york uh born in flushing queens but raised in manhattan oh how was it uh, how was it growing up there you know uh it's hard to compare you know uh but now that i have a son growing up in la i realized that my upbringing was a little different from the rest of america most of america i guess <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh yeah i grew up in manhattan of all places yeah so yeah. Uh, uh-huh. How old's your son? He's uh, almost four, almost five. And then I have another son who's uh, who's just born, so four and a half months. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice, yeah. nice. Do you, are you, uh, do you enjoy uh, parenthood? Yeah, it's tough, man. In our business, uh, we have to travel a lot. So right now, my poor wife is alone at home with, uh, we call, uh, we actually have three sons because our older our, we call him our firstborn, but we have a dog named Atticus, and uh, so it's all boys in our house. <laughs> so she's a uh, she's a little tired, just to say. Uh, I yeah. believe it. I have two kids myself, yeah. so I know all about it. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, growing growing up in New York uh, as a kid, what were you into? You know, um, I was into sports. To be honest, um, you know, I I had I had toyed with a little acting as a child. Full disclosure. Uh, my first gig was a Jell-O pudding commercial with uh, Bill Cosby. Oh wow! Uh, of all people, yeah, which was a cool story to share when I was younger. Yeah, has a very different connotation now. But uh, I was one of those Jell-O pudding kids growing up, and uh, um, yeah, that was my entree into acting. And my parents, um, you know, my, they didn't have too much money, so um, when it came time for me to join the union. They they decided that it'd be better for me to have a normal childhood, which I'm thankful for, and uh, become a young child actor. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah. so like growing up, like what? How did you decide like you wanted to get into acting? Was it like a specific TV show or movie or? Um, I gotta say, you know, I didn't. Um, it was, I think it was when I saw Goodfellas. To be honest, um, great movie. But, and then that opened up a whole world of kind of older like movies like the Godfather. And it just opened up my world. And so ironically it was guys like Al Pacino and Robert De Niro that really made me want to become an actor. Well, not like ironically, they were the biggest stars of the time, you know, but yeah. it was, it was cool to see these kind of Italian Americans, um, 
um, kind of taking over Hollywood and, you know, playing the coolest roles. And as an Asian American with no role models out there, um, I kind of use them as surrogates for me hmm. as a, as a way of kind of learning about, you know, um, I, I guess manhood and I guess about being, uh, being an actor. Yeah. That's, yeah. That, yeah. So uh, like when you told your parents that you, this is what you wanted to do, like what was their reaction? You know, my parents aren't the typical Asian parents, you know, they're not the, um, my father is neither a doctor nor a lawyer. My mother is an artist. She, when she was younger, she dabbled in acting and modeling. So I think from my mother's point of view, she always saw me as a creative kid and she, she always knew that maybe I would end up in the arts. Um, so yeah, they, they were pretty supportive. I think it was hard for them to see me struggling for so many years and being so poor for so many years. But, um, you know, we never had that much money in my family. So it wasn't money was never really um, be, or being rich was never, you know, something that we really talked about or cared about. Yeah. Now, when you were younger, did you uh, take uh, acting lessons? How, how, did you, how did you get all involved in that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I was I was into martial arts. I was into football. I was a swimmer. I was into sports. And honestly, like in high school, I was all about sports and girls. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. that was that was my life and then I, I got to college and all of a sudden I realized oh my god I'm neither good enough of an athlete to live off of this nor am I nor does like you know just hanging out and partying uh, gonna support me and so I I, I um I kind of stumbled upon an intro to acting course you know I wasn't a drama major or anything like that and the teacher was so good and really like was supportive and said, Hey, you got some talent. Why don't you try auditioning for the play the, you know, school plays here in college. And I, you know, on a whim, I auditioned, I, I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. Yeah. And somehow I end up on, uh, in a play and, um, um, and then was hanging out on spring break, um, in LA on somebody's couch. And there were like four of us young guys lying on couches, sleeping on floors. And, and this uh, dude that was staying there was um, an agent at a new agency. And he was like, hey, you know, you got a good look. I think maybe we can work together <laughs> before I knew that I had an agent. And wow. kind of went like that for many years. And um, it was like kind of the 90s. And there was a lot of kind of commercial money. And I was doing stuff like lots and lots of TV commercials that could actually, you know, make a living doing, doing that at the time. And, um, but it was never satisfying to me. I always wanted to be in movies and I always wanted to do TV. I just wasn't good enough. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And so in 2003, I decided to um, apply to graduate schools, like conservative conservatory programs. And I chose to go to uh, Brown university in, in, in Providence and, get my MFA and I can do it just, you know, wow. uh, hold myself up for three years in theater. Yeah. And it changed my life. It absolutely changed my life. I've been working ever since. So after you, um, you graduated Brown, what was the next step? Did you go back to New York or did you, you just go to LA right from I, there? No, I went, I went to New York. That's kind of what you do as a theater actor. You know, you go to yeah. New York and you prove yourself there and did a lot of downtown theater and a lot of like kind of small roles on TV 
um, some commercials here and there, but it all started, the on-camera stuff started picking up very quickly for me. Um, and, uh, before I knew it, I was, I was, uh, I was working and then, you know, there were ups and downs. There were times when I was broke and working as a waiter. And then, you know, I, it was just one year I worked as a waiter and I gave myself a whole year. And then right as, after I quit that job, I um, put myself on tape for Predators, and that's how I booked Predators, and oh, wow. that changed my life forever. Yeah. So, um, what was your, like your first TV gig that you got? I know you said commercials, but what about for like a TV show? I think I had a small part in Law and Order, just oh. like every New York town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was my first TV gig. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember. Like, I played yeah. some cop, you know, like really, really tiny role. Yeah. So I mentioned, I mean, I mentioned earlier, you know, you did a couple other shows too, like uh, Jim Carrey's Kidding and Supergirl and Bosch. And like, right. uh-huh. like, what, what's been like the most one you've enjoyed so far before Hunters, obviously? I gotta say, um, Kidding was probably the most, um, I mean, I don't want to, I, I feel bad. Like they were all, uh, I've been fortunate in my career that like, Role after role have been like yeah. kind of really artistically satisfying roles, regardless of the, the kind of show that it's been. I've always found something great in the roles I've played, but Kidding was something very special to be able to work with you know, Jim Carrey, obviously, but also Mike's storyline is opposite Catherine Keener, who was a legend for me, you know, like one of my heroes, and to be playing her lover, you know, opposite her, and to have these very kind of unique, strange um, art artsy kind of scenes with her was um was i mean the highlight of my tv career yeah that's right how how was it meeting jim on set oh he's such a gracious and gentle nice guy um he's obviously jim carrey and you know at, at one time was the biggest star in hollywood that's very clear when he walks in the room he just has that energy yeah but um but yeah, very gracious guy. I'll never forget at the um, premiere for the show, he walked, did a beeline for me. I was like, hey man, I really enjoyed your scenes. And he just, uh, you know, that made my night. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, Jim Carrey, love my scenes. That's, that's awesome. So cool. Yeah. 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 So now you recently started Amazon Prime's Hunters. For the listeners that haven't seen the show or haven't heard the show, can you give us a little brief description of what the show's about? Sure. Um, you know, the story centers, let me just, sorry, these people are walking by. Can we take a quick pause? Maybe, sure, or sure. Keep going. Okay, sorry. This is a little loud. Um, so the show takes place in 1977. It's the summer of 1977 in New York City. There's a young boy named Jonah, uh, played by Logan Lerman. He's the heart of our show, and he is... Um, a struggling kind of uh, selling selling weed and and unsure of what his future is going to be, but he's clearly head and shoulders intelligent uh, above everyone else around him. And uh, his grandmother passes is, is murdered, and it takes him down this hole. Like he discovers a whole world that he finds out that she is a uh, been involved in a Nazi hunting scheme. So she is she is a group. She's a member of a group of Nazi hunters, and uh, within that world, I play one of the Nazi hunters. And the Nazi, the uh, the group is led by a character named Meyer Offerman, who's played by none other than Al Pacino. Mm. Yeah. 
So it's a coming of age story. Is he, he became, he's a boy at the beginning of the series, and through all these kind of adventures that he takes, he becomes a man. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you play Joe. Uh, tell us about your audition for the show when you first heard about it. You're never gonna believe it, but um, I was shooting Supergirl in Vancouver at the time, and uh, a friend of mine actually was in the writers' room, and she said, "Hey, listen." Um, you should really talk to your agent about this um, this role um, on the show that I'm writing on. I think you would be perfect for it. And I have lots of writer friends that are on different shows, and they've all kind of pitched me in the past, and it's never worked out. So I kind of didn't take it seriously. But then I read the script, and my agent sent me the script and said, this is my favorite pilot ever. <laughs> and I read it, and I was like, this is my favorite pilot ever. And I read the sides as you know, in the pilot, um, Joe doesn't feature very heavily, but they, they gave me some some audition sides from the se- seventh episode. And when I read the kind of speech that he makes, that Joe makes, I, I knew right away I had to play this role. And so I did what every other actor does. I, um, I, I, uh, I was alone in my hotel room, but I contacted my wife and she... Uh, Skyped in on the iPad and I set up my iPhone and I auditioned opposite an iPad um, and sent that tape in. And, um, uh, you know, it's my third series with Amazon, so maybe that helped in the audition process. But um, um, that was it. I never had, I never met anyone. They they offered me the role. That's awesome. So I mentioned you played, you played Joe and he's part of the soldier in the group, uh, how would you describe that character? Uh, Joe's um, Joe's a damaged soul. He's uh, he's a Vietnam veteran, special forces. Um, he's Asian American. He's Japanese American. Uh, he grew up in a uh, American concentration camp during at the end of World War II. So uh, he has a conflicted um, relationship with authority, government. Uh, uh, specifically fascistic tendencies. And he, I think there's something in the struggle, the Jewish-American struggle that he he uh, relates with. And Meyer Offerman um, kind of takes Joe in uh, at his lowest point in his life. You know, he's just come yeah. back from the war. He's unable to get a job. He doesn't know what to do. The only thing he's ever known how to do is to kill people. Like, his only job has been a soldier and his transition back into regular society hasn't been smooth. It's at a time where people are very dis- were very disillusioned with Vietnam veterans and the whole war effort. So, so um, it's a complicated character. Yeah. So, like, how, what did you do to prepare for the role? Like, and what kind of research did you do after you got the part? Well, it's interesting. Um, I remember as a child, my my girlfriend at the time, my high school girlfriend's father, telling me a story about his best friend in art school who was Japanese American and was, uh, was drafted into the Vietnam war. And that stuck with me forever. The, the, um, the description of what this gentleman uh, had become after he came back. And he said he was a shell of the human being that he was, and he was never the same. And it affected their friendship and it affected this guy's life. And that stuck with me since, you know, I was, 17 years old and so i always kept i've always kept that in my heart and 
and kind of jumping into the process of creating this character, I've always used that as the jumping off point for me. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. And then on top of that, it took me down a hole of researching kind of the subculture of Vietnam War veterans, which is Asian American war veterans. And it turns out that the kind of incidence of PTSD and uh, uh, trauma from the war is even greater amongst um, Asian American kind of veterans. If you could only imagine, you know, people going to a war that you don't necessarily believe in and having to kill people that look just like you. Mm. And, you know, coming from a place maybe within your own ranks where you're being discriminated against as well, it's a very, very tricky situation. So what do you think was like uh, your biggest challenge portraying the character and connecting with them? Well, I'm a, I'm a pretty easygoing guy in person and on set. And so having a, you know, there are characters on set that have get to like have a little more fun and a little, have a little more flair in, in their characters. And I guess my flares tend to in within the character tend to be violent flares, but you know, to have to kind of suppress that part of my personality is, uh, has been, you know, um, it was a little tough and, um, you know, I'm not going to say this is, this is the dream job. It's not a hard job, yeah. job necessarily to be on set with Al Pacino and be, to be a lead of one of the biggest shows on TV. That's fantastic. But, um, you know, to have to put yourself in that mode, um, sometimes, um, on occasion I would take it with me outside of set and that wasn't fun. Yeah. Is there like a, for your character, is there was there a real life person that your character was based off? Because I know that Hunters was inspired by true events. Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Not that I'm aware of. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of the true events are the events that happened during the Holocaust because, uh, um, and they're based on on stories from his uh, David's grandmother, okay. and they're also like historical figures uh, that we that are characters within the world of our show. So those are the parts, but. Joe himself is, uh, as far as I know, is not based on a mm. true character. Now you mentioned, you know, you worked with uh, alongside Oscar winner Al Pacino. How was it like being on the set with him and working with him? He's a legend. He is a legend, and um, we were all very much in awe of him initially. But he has a very disarming way about him. You know, I think he wants to be one of the guys, and um, you know, it's. Uh, he, he set, set a good example of that early on, and I feel like uh, we, we kept it pretty loose on set. Mm-hmm. Now, how was it working with the rest of the cast? Because, you know, there's a, I mean, right. I, mentioned, I mentioned earlier, you know, yeah, Al Pacino's on it, but you also have, like, Josh Radner, you have Logan Lerman, you know, it's like you have a yeah. big cast on there. Work, yeah, and Carol Kane, and Saul Rubinet, yeah. and so on and so forth, Dylan Baker, Lena Olin, like, all heroes of mine, yeah. Um, you know, I, I, through my career, I've had obviously, you know, about kidding, but you know, predators yeah. <laughs> was chock full of Oscar winners as well. And, and the born legacy as well, you know, like, so I've, um, I've, I've, uh, I've been a part of those kind of groups, but this is for sure the longest period of time I've been with, with, um, you know, this many actors that are that, that, um, that are, I guess, that acclaimed and 
famous. Um, you know, it was it was six months of shooting for us. So, mm. um, and we were shooting together a lot of the time, all day, every day. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's acting. It's the same. Yeah. You know, like uh, we're telling stories in the same way that uh, you would tell us fundamentally the same way you would tell a story when you're a child or when you're in college, it's just the, the level of skill goes up and up and up. But, um, yeah. Mm. What was that? Uh, so like, what was your favorite, but, what was your favorite scene that you were in? You think? Um, there are a few scenes with Josh Radner. I I'd have to say kind of, they paired us up quite a bit and we have kind of a bit of an odd couple dynamic. He's, yeah very much like a loose cannon and I'm pretty like kind of restrained and uh, um, in both my dialogue and, and, and my behavior. And so there's a moment in uh, one of the latter episodes of the season after, um, where you get uh, Joe finally kind of lets loose and, and reveals a little bit about himself and, or a lot about himself, and that was that was fun for me to finally have that catharsis to be able to get that off my shoulders a little bit. Mm. So, but like, yeah, he's definitely. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish it. No, 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 no. I'm I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, so throughout the years that you're acting, uh, I know you mentioned earlier you, you do a lot of self taping. What do you, what do you like better, self taping for or or auditioning in front of directors and cast members? Oh man, it's such a mixed bag to be honest. Like nowadays, you know, writers' rooms are all over the place, and actors are all over the place. But, um, like I'm often all over the, you know, we're all over the world, and so uh, most of the time it's out of necessity. But to be honest, uh, I gotta be, I gotta be honest. Um, at first it was a little bit difficult, but now that I've gotten used to it, um, it's helped me become a better screen actor because. Unlike the audition process where you go into a room, you rarely ever get to see your own audition. Yeah. So now, nowadays, if you're self-taping, you get to shoot as much as you possibly can and until you feel like you get it right. And then in that process, you get to learn, oh, well, I did, that wasn't the greatest take for this reason. Okay, let me try it this way. You know, and um, Especially when it, as it pertains to TV, you know, the, the days move pretty quickly. And so... Uh, you don't have that much time to futz around. And so the more prepared you are, the more skilled you are as a screen actor, the better. Mm. Now, like I said, we, we mentioned that you've starred alongside with like so many wonderful actors. Is there somebody that you're hoping you could work with someday that you haven't worked with yet? Absolutely. So many. I'd love to get um, Daniel Day-Lewis out of retirement. He comes out of retirement like once every like five years, ten years. It seems like this time it's for real, though. Yeah. Um, uh, obviously, like I love guys like Christian Bale and, uh, you know, uh, Joaquin Phoenix. And one of my all-time favorites is Benicio Del Toro, Gary Oldman. And then, of course, of course, on my bucket list, is Robert De Niro because he is the guy that made me want to be an actor. <laughs> That's right. If you're listening out there, Mr. De Niro, I would love to work with you. <laughs> so, uh, do you have like a what's your dream role? Do you have like a dream role you want to play someday? Um, yes, 
I do. I do. I, I, I think I would like to be the lead of something. And that sounds very broad in general, but for an Asian American actor, that's, uh, it's, it's few and far between those roles. Um, you know, it doesn't, um, I know that's so broad in general, but there's so, so many roles within that kind of genre that I would, I would, uh, like to play, but, um, yeah, uh, a thriller preferably, um, where I'm the lead. Mm, interesting. Where do you see, yeah. your, where do you see yourself, uh, 10, 20 years from now? Hmm. 10, 20 years from now, I hope I'm not living in a city. I think, um, I think I'd like to live either outside of LA and New York. Um, I've spent all of my life in either LA or New York and uh, I'm, I'm ready for a house. Mm. I'm ready for like some trees and fresh air. Yeah. So when, when you're not working like on your downtime, I know you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're a dad and everything, but what do you enjoy doing? Uh, I like riding motorcycles. Um, that's the other thing. If I had, property i'd love to get some dirt bikes um i ride horses believe it or not um i'd love to have horses someday um love to have like a little farm that kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah so you need to get you need to buy a house like out in the valley out in california well i, I would maybe i'd prefer to be on the east coast somewhere like yeah. more woodsy yeah yeah i think i, I think i could do that yeah I think I could do that. Um, but, you know, who knows? I'm, I'm born and bred city rat, you know, so yeah. maybe I wouldn't last very long. Other than that, um, in a previous life, I was a photographer. Um, I worked as a photo assistant, and I also continued to take photos of my own. So I think I'll continue to do that there and continue go. with my personal work. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you have any other upcoming projects that you could tell the listeners about? I do. Um I have a, a film called um, The Beautiful Dreamer, uh, which will be premiering at the Method Fest in Los Angeles on March 20th. And then it'll be screening later in San Francisco at the San Francisco International Film Festival in April. I'm not sure of the date yet there. And right now I'm in New York rehearsing a play called The Antipodes. It's a new Annie Baker play, and it'll be opening at the Taper. Um, at the end of March and going through the end of April. Oh wow! It's a weird kind of situation. We're rehearsing here, but performing in LA. Um, but it's a fantastic play uh, by Pulitzer Prize winning uh, playwright Annie Baker, and it's just blowing my mind. It's a it's a, it's a play about um, a writer's room. You're not quite sure what kind of writer's room it is, but it's a writer's room, and so it's very different from the kind of stuff you typically see me doing on screen is very little action or no action. <laughs> and it's people talking at a table. Yeah. So you enjoy going back and forth between working with TV film and then doing some theater at the same time. Dude, I I'm blessed. I'm blessed to be able to have the opportunity and, um, yeah, to be able to do that kind of thing. That's great. That's yeah. great. I like being able to do, you know, comedies like kidding and then more kind of action roles like, yeah. I'm doing in the hunt or, or the born legacy or predators, but I also like to do theater. And so, yeah. Is there um, a, is there a play that you hope you get your hands on someday to play for theater? Uh, yeah. Hamlet. I would like to play Hamlet. Really? A lot of people say that. 
<laughs> it's the ultimate actor's role. It's a cliche, I know. I know. Uh, there's other Shakespearean roles I like to play. Uh, when I'm old enough, I'd like to play Richard II and uh, eventually King Lear, absolutely. But not just Shakespearean roles. There's, um, I'd like to... I'd like to do some Pinter, some Betrayal. Um, there's there's just so many, so many roles. Um, and that's part of the reason why I kind of spending more and more time in New York, because that's where the theater is at here in the United States. Uh, yeah. Do you ever, uh, I know there's a, it's a big theater community in Chicago, too. Do you ever go there? I've only gone to watch things. I've never actually performed. I'm a, I'm a fan of the work that's there, but yeah, um, yeah it's, I, Nowadays, nowadays, with two kids and 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 a kind of pretty busy schedule, it's harder and harder for me to justify uh, spending time outside of L.A. or New York. Mm. And you know, this this is the first play I've done in a few years, and it seems to be the way. Like every few years, I'll have a, a little pocket of time to do a play. Mm. Have they mentioned anything about a uh, season two yet for Hunters? Or is that still? Man, I wish I could tell you, but no, yeah. I haven't gotten any official word. But, um, you know, if you've seen the episodes, you'll know that it's, you know, it's not planned to be a limited series. It's yeah. planned to be a proper series. So, mm. um, I mean, I love the show. So my biased opinion is, yes, there will be. But um, that's, uh, that's <laughs> you're not hearing it from the <laughs> There you go. Hey, lastly, uh, how can the listeners find you on social media? Um, I'm more of an Instagram guy, so, you know, I, I post more regularly to Instagram. Um, you can find me at Louis, L-O-U-I-S, Ozawa, O-Z-A-W-A, on Instagram. All right, Louis. This was fun. Thank you for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, everybody. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I finally get my man cave. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the MCC Podcast. And our website, themccpodcast.com. Until next time. Until next time.